Kev, I hope you're an expert on this game. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I am. I have, I have, uh, I, have the, I did the research, man. Cool, I feel a lot less nervous. I have like a five-page outline here, which I'm gonna. Five read. pages. Well, I'm not gonna like read it word for word. It's just for to remind me of what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's like TED talks. Yeah. It's like talking points. All right. I have to read you a short. <laughs> um. <laughs> I guess we're we're recording now, so uh, welcome everybody to Game Busters. This is going to be a little bit of an unorthodox episode because one of our guests, Matt, is playing the game we're talking about today, right now, as we're recording. Oh. Um, yeah. and so we're so we're going to get like the freshest possible perspective on this game for you. Like it it could not be fresher. Um, yeah, it's like Subway. No, we t- we had such a long <laughs> conversation about Subway yesterday, dude. We, can't, oh, yeah, we, we cannot go back to that. Um, Justin, have you seen that jalapeno thing of Gus Johnson of like the jalapeno stems? I have no idea what you're talking about. Just like the stems. Just okay, and uh, just okay. Just quickly, there's a YouTuber Gus Johnson, and like he did this thing where he got so angry about how shitty like because if you order jalapenos at Subway, he's like, look, it's all stems in here. There's only one part of the jalapeno is the stem. How is it all stems? And he went to twenty different subways and he got the same sandwich and asked just for jalapenos and like the ratio of stems to like the rest of the jalapeno was like 10 to 1 <laughs> it's weird considering they're like 10 cents i know at the supermarket not even like it's not bulk, it's not know? it's not the expense though it's like how how are they possibly cutting these oh boy you gotta heal um ladies and gentlemen we're out yeah i think Matt this is using the uh the quick menu to heal mm-hmm and it's it's weird to me because I remember I guess late game and dude uh, dude I think dude. I had all the, the oh, we're so close yeah, bruh get it, Matt. you can't die you can't die he's playing a part A right now yeah did you run out of health potions or whatever oh uh, yeah I just never Jesus. buy them and I'm like oh <laughs> I never needed them before and then zero I'll, prep work went into this uh, final into this boss. final boss fight yeah I didn't know he was the final boss. I See, t- I dude, I told, I fucking light. told you that's yesterday, like hard. when there's a big boss fight in this canyon here, that's the final boss of A, and you said okay. Well, I, I forgot. But... <laughs> um. Okay. So uh, Matt. this is horrible. Um. So yeah, I am Nerov. That's me, and uh, my guests here are uh, Justin. Hello. And Matt here. Hey, what's up? Hey. Um. So Rhea is not here today because, uh, as I communicated, she ate warm Irish sushi. And that was a day old and died. Um, I don't think that, like, I'm, I'm worried that British people might not know what, like, food is. And so, like, whatever it is, like, you know, is in front of them. It's like, that's one. When you say Irish sushi, do you mean, like, it was an Irish sushi restaurant or just, like, a she's, she's in She's in Ireland right now. And they went to a sushi place. Um and then, like, she, did, she like, didn't, first of all, she's like, she didn't finish, she, she was like, I'll take it home and put it in the fridge. And I was like, that's already, like, really, really sketchy with sushi. That's risky. Um, that's already risky. <laughs> and the problem then, was going to Irish sushi. Yeah. And then, this, and then the next day, it turned out, like, the fridge, like, wasn't working and had not refrigerated it. And she was just like, oh, better eat it <laughs> before it gets bad. <laughs> uh, this is all on the podcast. Um, it's like raw sushi, I'm saying, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you can't just like, oh, it, it's gone bad at that point. Okay, um, uh, Matt has just defeated the final boss as we've been speaking, or has he? <laughs> oh, zero health potions. I have five zero health, health potions. Phase two, baby. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so we're talking about uh, both of the, the Nier games today, uh, Nier and Nier Automata. Um, so we're going to get started with um, our new segment, uh, Dungeon Busters, uh, which I don't know if anyone... Are, are you guys familiar with what we've been doing now? Because the Hall of Fame luster has been destroyed. Yes, I'm aware. I I didn't get to the end of the last show, so I don't know what you do at the end, but I know what you do at the beginning. Okay, very cool. Um, got ten minutes left. That episode. <laughs> that's that, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Okay, so I'm getting my cards out. No, Ellie. All right, so I'm gonna give each of you a character. Okay, to be. Oh, I don't okay. think. Okay, so I'm pulling them out of this deck of cards. All right. Do you want to do you want to do a specialty one? Do you want to do like anime or video game characters or something or just re- re- whatever? Uh, probably whatever. I won't know the anime one probably. So why don't why don't we do video games? Because it's like near, right? So it's you know yeah, let me video play. game. I guess near's kind of anime too, but you know. Yeah, Is this a physical deck of cards you're holding? Yeah, it's a game called Super Fight. It has like okay. all these. It, it's specifically for this. Like this is what it was made for. Hold on. Um. Oh, I think actually, I think you might actually be done, Matt. I don't think that there's that? another phase. I can't remember that. Fucking kinky. She's blindfolded and choking someone out, man. Holy. Okay, I, I'm just using all whatever. All right, I'm just pulling out stuff from like the nerd deck thing. All right, uh, Justin, you are the Joker. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Should Matt, say, ah, 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 ah. you're Legolas. I'm Legolas. All right. What which Joker are we talking about? Like, uh, uh, Justin, you take your pick of which Joker you want to be. Uh, I'm Jared gonna Leto. go with the cartoon. <laughs> Please be Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> Give you all to reach around, uh, Batman. See, even I know not to do the Jared Leto Joker. He didn't know that, but I know that. Oh, <laughs> rip. That the the conversation between Batman and Jared Leto's Joker at the end of the Justice League is like maybe the worst dialogue I've ever seen in my life. I haven't seen that yet. It was alright. I, I, I don't know that I watched. I just like... Okay. okay, like, is it worth spending four hours of your life to watch, like, a, ma- a movie that's, like, maybe a six out of ten, even if it is, like, twice as good as the original one? Eh. Hmm. Okay. It's a philosophical question. Yeah. Which we, yeah, which we'll get into, of course. Um, <laughs> alright, so what you guys are doing is that you're each going to be given a power for your character, alright? Okay. Alright. Uh, the top half is play another card. Jesus Christ. All right, Justin, so you're, the top half, your bottom half of you is the Joker. Oh. And the top half of you is the devil. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Is that, it also the, uh, the Marvel, or I guess the DC, uh, the mm-hmm. devil, or is it just like shit devil? I'm going for like the devil. I'm gonna say the devil, like the real, the real one, you know, that makes us God fearing Christians here on this podcast. <laughs> All right. um, Are you Hindu? I, I mean, that's that's kind of a loose definition. Sure, why not? All right. <laughs> there's, let's talk about religion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, okay. there's, there's. Okay, you know Mindy Kaling, like from The Office. She has like her own yes. show called The Mindy Project, and there's like. A point where somebody asks her, like, character in that show, like, so what's your religion? She's like, I don't know, like an agnostic Hinduish thing, I guess. <laughs> Which is, like, really what I identify with more than anything. Nice. Um, okay, so, uh, right, okay, so, um, Matt, you are riding a broomstick. So is it, like, okay. Are, it's a flying it broomstick. Like... It's a flying broomstick. Oh. Okay, okay, it's a flying broomstick. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll give nice. you that. 
Okay, hey. the first one, the first chamber here, it's an EMP chamber. Please discard all electronic attributes. Well, I think Legolas is just an advantage, because he, he doesn't have any. Yeah, Legolas flying a broomstick's totally good. I mean, you're, the bottom half of you is the Joker. I don't think there's any sort of electronics going on there. The top half is the devil, too, so mm. I should be fine. Yeah, probably. All right, let, yeah. I'll see you guys can make it through. Next room. Time disturbance. All adventurers are aging at super speed until someone can figure out the complicated lock barring the exit. I'm immortal. You, the, bo- oh, yeah. the top I half of you is immortal. Half. Yeah. I can always crawl if, if like, the worst comes to worst. Um, that sounds does horrible. Does have, like, regenerative powers? Can, like, <laughs> if, he, if he loses his bottom half, does he regrow Joker limbs, or does he just devil again? I, okay, this is a philosophical question I've been pondering for a long time. If I, like, cut off the devil's arm, does he grow two more, more arms there? Or it's like a hydra. Like a hydra? That's the situation. Um, and then I think that, I don't know, can you, can you guys, can you guys figure out the complicated lock? I mean, are either of you gonna be able to do this? I feel uh, like the devil's the ultimate trickster, so I feel like I could, I feel like that has to have some lockpicking. Did Legolas ever do any lockpicking? Well, that's the thing. He's more like, he may be like rogue-ish and like rager-ish in the movies and the books, but he's not really like I, I, yeah, I would say more, like, that's more of like a a Frodo or a a Bilbo thing to do, I think. Like, picking the lock. Um, Well, crafty. I think I could do it, and then you could ask me for passage through, and, you know, you can make a deal with the devil and I could let you through. So, I think we're good. Oh, so I like I just sell my soul. I was like, hey, I sell my soul to open this lock, and you're like, yeah, okay, I mean, come do on. other things. Okay, like, um, we'll 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 make it to the final room here, and the last one uh, is a room guarded by an evil version of each adventurer. This is the boss fight. <laughs> it was like evil Legolas, evil evil devil. the devil, <laughs> like devil's okay. evil twin. <laughs> no, no, okay, so this is the devil's like good twin. So like you're the evil, <laughs> you're the evil one. Oh, okay. I guess right. Oh. I. I, I feel like this would just be double v double, right? Like that sounds I, I don't like know. a battle. Legolas right? can't kill a Balrog, and I think the devil's stronger than a Balrog. Wait, wait, but my bottom half would be the good Joker. The, so, the good Joker. Yeah, and so I would still have my evil Joker legs versus good. Wait, uh, nice Joker. I don't know what is Harvey or something. Maybe was his real name. Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent no. is not the Joker. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Batman person. But, I'm not either, uh, but okay. The Joker's real name is like Jerry, probably because it starts with the J. I'm <laughs> Jerry sure. Leto. Oh, Jerry Leto is the name of the Joker. Right now knows what the name is, and they're screaming. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna type. Oh, I'm gonna Google it. Okay. But anyways, I think uh, I think with that evil Joker taking on like a just a normal guy legs on the good. His real devil, name is Jack Napier. I got this. Okay. Well, it started. I knew it started. It had to start with a J. Like right. I think the devil would win. Like, our side would win. So, hear me out. Legolas will just... They'll just die. Like, both of them will just die. Um, but the good devil would be like, I can't kill this guy. He has, he can be redeemed. So he won't have the, uh... I guess the wherewithal to land the killing blow while Justin's devil could. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna say that's fine. I think that... Yeah, I'll, I'll say you can. I, I'll say that was good enough to make it out. Just like, hey. um, and uh, I'll we'll, we'll count that as the the final boss since it actually said who was in the room. There was the evil ones of you. So okay, that's pretty good. We've moved on to level uh, to the basement level three of the dungeon now. Uh, so we'll be back next time to see what's down there.
Probably some stupid right. shit. Um, <laughs> we did it. We're just getting warmed We're up. Heroes. Okay. The devil. <laughs> the devil's a hero. The devil is my hero. Is that sounds like a fucking anime? It's like uh, a yeah. new. Was it the new Isekai? Yeah. The new world. Yeah. Was it the devil is a part timer? Is the one I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into the main segment. Welcome to Bustums, everybody. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, the Near games today. Near uh, Replicant version one point two two four five three one four one nine, um, whatever is out. Uh, which I think I actually just said my zip code. Um, but don't don't dox me, please. Um, yeah, so. We'll, we'll do and jump into it. So, as I said, Matt is, like, as we as we're talking in, in our Discord here, streaming him, him playing Nier Automata for the first time. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of experiencing ending A here. Um, so, wait, Matt, yeah, Matt, how long did it take you to get here? Uh, Steam tells me six hours. Okay, that's probably about right. Um, and, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Please, please, please love the big robot. I guess that also includes. Uh, so last night I was playing, and um, yeah. right, this will be slight spoilers for Route A. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to do a, a few spoilers. We're not gonna we're not gonna do like late game spoilers, but yeah. Um, and That's I the Matt, first ending. Yeah, and yeah. You, Matt, you've already been. I think you've already been spoiled for some of the stuff on C and D anyway. I have inadvertently. And hey, you know, there's my own the curiosity. <laughs> Flowers for machines. Oh, nice. Route A capitalized. Yeah, you got it. Um, okay, so yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about like sort of the um, the creation of the of this uh, of this series in the first place, and kind of like go up through you know Automata and, and of course the new remaster. So um, I don't think a lot of people actually know this. Nier is actually a spinoff, um, the original one of a of a game called Drakengard. Um, which was an action game that was also developed by the same director, Yoko Taro, like a long time ago, uh, for the PS2 era games. And they made two Drakengard games, neither of which was, uh, successful commercially or critically. Um, and, uh, so the, oh, are you stopping? Come on. Well, I'm not gonna play through B, B, you know. Okay. I'm a professional here. Sure. (laughs) Um. Okay, so yeah, um, Nier actually started off as Drakengard 3, but then they realized like they hadn't used any of the same characters or concepts or anything, so they were like, I guess this is a different game. Um, and they decided to call it a spinoff. Um, and so this this guy, the director, Yoko Taro, I think we have to talk about for a second. I think you guys have both seen pictures of him now, right? It's a very unique uh, guy. With his mask on. I don't think I've seen his face. No, no one has. Um, I don't no. think even his wife knows what he looks like. Um... <laughs> He's like Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of the Japanese Daft Punk. Um, so, uh, if anyone hasn't seen Yoko Taro, who's listening, the director of these games, please uh, check out, just Google that quickly so you can kind of see what we're dealing with. Um, if you can find that GIF of him rolling around on the ground during a very professional interview, that's probably the best one. Um, so he's just doing like stop. He's just doing like stop, drop, and roll during that whole thing, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. Randomly rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, they actually started development on Nier for the PS2, and then the PS3 came out, and they were like, "Well, fuck the PS2, right?" Um, 
and they shifted over to making it for that system and uh, and the Xbox 360. Uh, I was actually pretty surprised because I know the Xbox is like really not popular in Japan, so it was kind of surprising they like decided to do that so long ago. They were like, "Yeah, put it on the Xbox." Why not? Uh, yeah, why not? Exclusive? Uh, no, no, no. Like they were gonna do Xbox th- 360 and PS3. Okay. But like, this is one of like maybe the first Japanese games to like be on an Xbox, because <laughs> like Japanese developers never ever made games for Xbox or 360, and like. Even Xbox One, like, the, all the Japanese games that it got were, like, a year later. Like, even Nier, Nier Automata came to Xbox a year later. Oh. Because um, it was, like, nobody... Because, like, just... There I, there was a very famous month, I think, in, like, November 2018, where one Xbox was sold in the entire country of Japan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so okay. just just to, like, let you know how fast they're moving those boys over there. Yeah. Um... It's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So bad for Microsoft. So yeah, like Microsoft. Like this is a side note, but Phil Spencer at Microsoft has made it like very, very much his mission to like for like years. It's been his mission to be like, I want us to have a first party Japanese studio. Like, I want us to be making Japanese games. You know, like. Yeah. And uh, after they bought Bethesda, they finally got one. Uh, Tango GameWorks um, is. Uh, it was one of the Bethesda studios, but now it's one of theirs. So. Yeah, they they got a they got a Tokyo Ghostwire coming. That's a first party Japanese Xbox game. Oh. Yeah. Um, Ghostwire. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, that that one has got me a that if you watch the gameplay video for that, it is like not at all what you're expecting. Oh, there's <laughs> gameplay now? I've only yeah. seen the original. Yeah, yeah. There there's a gameplay trailer for it. It, it is it's actually a, it's like a first person like high intensity like, you know, action horror game. Yeah. But it's like not with guns or anything. It's like you doing like fucking magic spells yeah, and like karate and shit. Help. But yeah, it's like yeah. first part. It's like first person. It's like really surprising. I don't think I've seen anything like that. It's like casting Skyrim spells, but way more flashier. Yeah, I guess. but maybe like it would feel good or do damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do like hand signs and stuff like. Yeah, that. yeah. It's like it's like these ancient Japanese, you know, like ritual things, right? You're doing. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um. So anyway, back to like this thing, whatever it is. Um. So this was like initially a pretty small scale project, but the development lasted like only about two years developing the game, because uh, they were they were building it off of the you know the previous Dragon Guard game, so they had a lot of the stuff done already, um, and that was done by a studio called Kavia, which Yoko Taro was a part of at the time, with help from Square Enix, who was publishing it, and uh, Yoko Taro and Square Enix have had like a good working relationship. They have. Uh, even though his games have, until Nier Automata, all of his games were commercial and critical flops. But, um, like, they, they stuck with him anyway. They were like, this guy has a vision, he's doing what he wants to do, like, let's just give him the money and get out of there. So, like, they, Square Enix, like, has, on both of these games, had about zero uh, input, like, creatively on what goes into them. Uh, which is, you know, cool, like, I you know, I hate when fucking, like, you know, people are... Uh, e- like you know, EA sneaking in to like see like, hey, Bioware, what you doing? What if you did this instead? You know, um, just like let it, letting creative people just do the thing they're trying to do, and then you know you handle your money stuff over there. Yeah, like if you let the creative leads for a game do their thing, they have their vision, right? It can't yeah. be muddled down by Paul or well, politics, but more <laughs> Poli- like yeah, fucking SJWs, dude, <laughs> muddling our politics. games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so according to Yoko Taro, this story of, like, 
because Drakengard was like such a dark story, this one was going to be more about the power of friendship and like, you know, working together. Um, he said the game was actually inspired by 9-11 near the first game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I did not, I did not know that either. Um, he said that like, well, he looked at that. I, he said he looked at that concept of this hor- horrific event in history where the bad guys, like the, the terrorists really believed they were doing the right thing in the eyes of God and the eyes of ethics, you know? And was like, how how did it get to that point? Like, how did it get to that point where, like, destroying so much and killing so many people was the right thing to do? And, like, backing up from that, he was like, I want to show a story where there's a truly evil force. And then, like, try to see, like, why they became evil, how they became this way, and why they believe they are the right side. Hmm. Um, so I was like, that's like, I was like, that's that's an interesting, I guess, bouncing it's off bold. point. It's bold. <laughs> bold guess, vision. sure. Um, so this is really confusing, uh, the names of these games because they created, they concurrently created two versions of the game near, um, and released them both at the same time. I guess it was like a Pokemon red blue situation. Route A, uh, route B. Route, well, no, cause like route, so there's <laughs> Jesus dude, there, there's actually, so there's a route A through E in, in the original near as well. Um, but, um, these two games were called the originally these two original games for the PS3 and Xbox 360 were called Near Replicant and Near Gestalt, the original ones. And those were released okay. in 2010. So Near Near Replicant featured Near, the main character, as like a 16-year-old kid and his and his sister was Yona. This char- so he he was like a brother of Yona and then in Gestalt they had an older version of Nier who was in his, like, 30s, and he was Yona's father. And there was literally no other differences between the two games. Because age. Yeah, but, like, they were the same exact game, just with a differently aged protagonist. And wow. they... Well, they said that they actually made the Gestalt version, which is the one that was released in America eventually, because they thought that Western audiences wouldn't want to play a video game, like, as a teenager... They said, like, no, like, Western audiences want to play as, like, a big buff man. Like, they love the Call of Duties and stuff. Um, they, like, want to be adults. So, like, that's that's why they made a second version of the game specifically, like, for Western audiences. Um, which is, like, a really weird decision, I think. I don't... Uh, I don't like that just because, uh, assuming, like, this, the ages are different. Well, not even assuming, the ages are different, Yeah. right? It's like someone, uh, yeah, a 16, 16 year versus 30-year-old. Yeah, and a 16-year-old will make different decisions in-game than a 30-year-old. And right. I don't know. I, I agree with you. And, like, the original, the original like, quote-unquote true version of the game is, like, where he's a kid. Like, he's, like, you know, a teenager. Yeah. And so they believe, like, like I said, the Japanese audience would respond more strongly to a younger protagonist. Um, so literally they just modified a few lines of dialogue and then made him a father rather than a brother to Yona, who's, like, his... In, 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 you know, as I guess I know her, her as his sister, but yeah, other, it's, it's just like a really weird situation. And then Gestalt is the one that was released out here in the West and where you play as like the adult near. And it's like really weird. I don't know. I think that really? was like in a weird time when Japanese, there, there was like a long time where Japanese games like were trying to appeal to Western audiences by like, we need, like, this needs bigger guns or something. Like, they had no idea what people, like, actually wanted from the video game. But why Claude had a giant sword? I think, I know, I think everyone likes Big Sword. I think that's a, that's an international love. Uh, that's true. 
Um, so actually, they said Nier was inspired, the combat of Nier was inspired by God of War, um, which um, Yoko Taro was a huge fan of the original God of War trilogy on the, you know, like PS2, PS3. Hmm. And uh, he wanted to kind of replicate that because he said there weren't any Japanese games that were like were like God of War. Um, and so those games were not popular in Japan, by the way, like the original, like even the new God of War, like none of those have been popular at all in Japan. Um, but he kind of wanted to like give it a little more like um, he wanted he wanted to like add some RPG elements, I guess, to this action game. Because it was originally supposed to be kind of just a straight action game, and then he was like, "No, like let's let's you know make it more of an RPG." Um, so, I think what he said here was that like, yeah, he's like, "Oh, Square Enix is <laughs> this is gonna make some people angry." Um, <laughs> so Yoko Taro was like, "Well, uh, Square Enix's RPG action RPG series for children is Kingdom Hearts, so I want this to be our action RPG series for adults." <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, sure. Well, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is a bunch of Disney characters, so... I guess, yeah. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, like the, that was, like, where the decision to make a main character in his 30s for the international version came from. And he also wanted to put in, like, more, like, blood and swearing and, like, you know, sex and violence than, like, Square Enix normally did for their games. Um, uh, and, like, I don't know, again, I think this was all stuff he did to, like, kind of make it be, like, I want this to have, like, international appeal. And, like, it kind of fell flat in that regard. Um, so, like I said, like, Nier Gestalt would be released for the Xbox 360 with the adult lead, and then Nier Replicant was for the PlayStation 3 only in Japan with the younger lead. Which is, like, this is extremely confusing. Yes. So, uh, Nier was, like, a huge flop, I'll, I'll go ahead and say. <laughs> um, this original game, across both of those versions worldwide, it only sold 500,000 copies. Ooh. And it got a 68 on Metacritic, uh, which was, like, the lowest for, like, a Square Enix RPG. <laughs> um, so, this was, like, not good. Um, however, they were like, okay. Yoko Taro was like, yeah, like, I, I liked what we did here, but, like, we didn't really hit our true potential. Like, I want to do a sequel. And he went and pitched uh, his sequel idea to Square Enix. And they were like, okay, like, we'll let you, we'll give you the money to do another one, but... Uh, we want somebody more competent to do the to do the gameplay. Like we don't want this. We like we, your your studio like fucked it up basically. Yeah. Um, and so they reached an agreement with uh, Platinum Games, who was coming off hot from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and they had also done Bayonetta before that. Um, so they were like Square Enix reached out to them and was like, "Hey, we want you to like put your like kind of signature like high intensity combat into this series and like." Uh, Platinum was like super stoked to do that. They reached. This is a very strange thing. They like had to create a very specific contract for this game to be made. So Yoko Taro became. He stepped out of his company and he became a freelancer and then was contracted by Platinum Games to be the director of this game. So he actually had to move to uh, from Tokyo to Osaka, where Platinum Games is, uh, to do this game. So uh, this this is like a really unusual situation because like. Yoko Taro, his thing was like, I'm not letting this game be made without me. Like, I'm going to direct it, but I also don't want my own studio to direct it. <laughs> and so that that's kind of what resulted in him, like, becoming the director of the game and then Platinum Games being the studio that made the game. Um, but, like, this was a really weird collaboration, but, like, after he got there, you know, 
everyone at Platinum was, like, huge fans of the first game, and they, like, really wanted to, like, you know, they were, like, so excited, like, to make a sequel to this game, so they ended up working well together. Yeah. I think you talked to me about this, but, um, was it, like, Square didn't give Nier, like, a lot of funds, I guess? Yeah, like, yes, Nier, the original one, was, like, a really low-budget affair, honestly, um... I mean, I don't have an exact number, but, like, they, they've talked about they really struggled to, like, get the game out, and they had, like, a pretty small team doing it, too. Um, and then on, on the second game, they still, honestly, like, I'll be I'll be frank, like, it doesn't have a huge budget either. Um, it was, it was like, given enough to be made, but, like, Square Enix is, like, was really, really betting big on this game, because they were, like, all of your games before have been, like, absolute failures. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, this was basically the last chance. Yeah, okay. in a way, yeah. I think that's that is how a lot of the this the, the execs at Square Enix looked at it. Like, all right, this guy's so enthusiastic, and like he has the thing is that like Yoko Taro has like this like cult fan base following of like you know people who like think that his like Drakengard games and stuff were like the best games ever made, right? And like mm-hmm. he has a fan he has a fan base there, so they're like, all right, give him one more shot. Maybe he can make something that's accessible to like you know humans. Yeah, clearly he's doing something right, so yeah, maybe yeah. if we give him a budget, he could do something. Right. Some guidance. Yeah. So, the original plan for Nier Automata was actually that it was going to be for PlayStation Vita exclusively. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, he said that he they intended it to be... I don't know what this means here. Yoko claims they intended for it to be similar to farming simulator Farmville from 2009. <laughs> what? That's the recipe you want to follow for success. I think, well, I mean, dude, back then, I mean, do you remember how successful Farmville was? Yes, I played a little bit. I could kind of see maybe they do it where it's like, instead of controlling 2B, you're the commander, maybe? And then you're just like, sending out guys on missions, I guess? Maybe, yeah. So they they started production in 2014, and um, they had a lot of staff from the original Nier, from, like, the other studio, Kavia, like, were hired on as freelancers as well to at Platinum Games. And so there was, like, a huge... Apparently, Yoko Taro and Platinum Games had, like, kind of a hard time working together be- at first because um, they had, like, different daily schedules. And so, like, they established a thing where Yoko Taro had no hours and he would literally just, like, walk in and out of the studio at his pleasure. This <laughs> is... That's how you negotiate a contract, right? Yeah, there. dude. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. You just come and go as you like. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but I think also I remember him talking in an interview about like he had his his uh wife and you know children back in Tokyo and like he was working in Osaka, so like you know he wanted he wanted to like you know be able to spend time with them, so like it was important to him to be able to come and go like you know back home and stuff. Yeah. I guess um, Tokyo to Osaka is like pretty far, eh? Um. It's not super far. I think by by like high speed rail, it's like three hours, two two and okay. a half three hours. So it's not that bad. Um, he he did that every day or no? I don't think he did. I think he just like would come and go like during the week. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. Just check on everyone. Yeah, because yeah. he he like did officially move over there to Osaka, but um yeah. So like when they were they started working on the story um and I don't like this at all. I'm gonna just communicate. This is a direct quote. The scenario, this is a direct quote from Yoko Taro, the scenario of Nier was wet in its emotional content, but Nier Automata, we aimed for it to be a dry narrative concerning the world's inherent unfairness and prejudices the characters are forced to confront. I see what he 
means. I, I don't know if I'd use wet and dry. Like, <laughs> I mean, dry is that's pretty common. But I, I, I see, like, like what is a wet narrative? It's just the opposite of dry. Like, it, it's I don't know. Maybe you didn't have like the right word for that. Or maybe it's a translation like, error. That's like a lost <laughs> translation thing. Yeah. Um, like ha- having like a dry uh narrative or i don't know just being like a dry personality or whatever like that's a thing but having a yeah. wet personality is not <laughs> jesus I, maybe like what they're trying to do too much stuff and like it just didn't work kind of thing, uh, i guess i don't yeah i didn't play the first one so <laughs> the moisture is a uh, different mechanic the moisture yeah there's well there's actually weirdly a dedicated moisture button in the first one that's probably what it's referring to oh and they got I, have to, it, I so need to make I need to make clear that I'm I'm joking because I that of course could have been real. <laughs> you never know with Japanese. You games. never know. Um, well, there's a whole thing where it's like you were telling me this uh, yesterday. It was a slight tangent, but mm-hmm. in near, uh, are trying to get achievements. Oh fuck that achievement! Yeah. So Justin, you know about that one? Yeah, it's a, it's like a shaming achievement. Yeah, there's like a trophy called "What Are You Doing?" and it's like if you turn yeah. the camera to look at her ass ten times. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it was I, that time. I should yeah. have checked before if I had that trophy or not. I'm I checked. I didn't get sure. it. I actually didn't get it. I checked Steam. Um, I tried for a good twenty seconds. We I tried for a little while. I, I, I looked on a YouTube video. So. I looked on a YouTube video though, and what they did was like they put her up on like a, a ledge, and so it's like a lot easier to do it. Oh. Uh, um. I mean, I guess it makes more sense. We got. I can't just like spawn the camera around like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> When designing, like, the ending of, of Nier Automata, which I won't spoil here, but, I mean, Justin, you know what it is. Like, oh, the, yeah. he was actually inspired by a publicity stunt from Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw someone uh, talking about this. Yeah. If you guys I, want to talk about the ending, I don't mind. Like, no, it's like, okay. I, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil okay. that like, last, last part there. But, um, the uh, so this publicity stunt from Coca-Cola was where there were two Coke vending machines in India and Pakistan. And they, you know, they have, like, a long uh, history of mutual conflict, we'll say. <laughs> um, but there were two Coke machines that were connected, and every time that you were getting a Coke dispensed from the machine, the vending machine in, uh, in like, India, like, you would see the person on the other end in Pakistan who was standing there, like, their face, like, as they were doing it, too. And, like, it, the idea was to like make it make these two groups of people realize that we're all just people, you know. Like you're you're both here getting the same Coca Cola at the same time. Like we're Sounds all. It's like that Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial. <laughs> Jesus, this is okay. This is like if the Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial had been like at all effective. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really sweet if you like watch the videos. Yeah, it's really nice. You should you should watch that. Um, okay. Yeah, so he was like really impressed by this, but like. He originally, the concept was like, um, <laughs> this is so really fucking funny. <laughs> like, he wanted to originally design, so, uh, just in a vague sense, Justin, you know, like, you, you get help from people at the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from other humans. And so, the original design doc of this, which Yoko Taro found much too difficult to implement, was that, uh, you would specifically receive help from players who were in, like, countries that, like, your country had been at war with. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, what we would have done. Like, maybe Vietnam or something. <laughs> like, I mean, like, how far back do you go? I don't know. And, yeah. And, like, what if you're, like, a very peaceful country? Yeah, like I think a neutral country? he said that was just his original concept. But once they started working out, he was like, that that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's too <laughs> much even for me. <laughs> what he said um 
Yeah, so the narr- the narrative is like really heavily, you know, like philosophy influenced, of course. It has it makes a ton of references to like thinkers and and philosophers. So like some characters like Pascal being named after Blaise Pascal, uh, which we talked about yesterday, Justin, like do you know Pascal's wager? Yeah. That like it's like it's smarter to just bet that God exists because in in like the event that he does, like then you're covered <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's pretty safe logic. I, I, like, yeah. I like his way of thinking. So that that's like the that's what the character Pascal in this game. He's named after him. Um, and then uh, there's a character named Jean Paul, and there's one as well named Simone, which were named after Simone de Beauvoir and Jean Paul Sartre. Um, and then he also said that he used books by Will Buckingham and Nigel Benson, who are other uh, philosophers, to just like try to you know create ideas and themes for this narrative. Um, Interestingly, also Yoko Taro wrote pretty much the entire narrative on his own. Um, he was the he was the director and the lead writer for this game. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is not not usual. I know that in movies that's a lot more common, but in games it's it's actually quite unusual for somebody to do that. Um, the narrative, the narrative like really sneaks up on you. Like it's it's very like JRPG anime on the surface, <clears throat> and and then like my first playthrough, I was going through it and I was like, oh, there's some like philosophers here like i noticed some of these names and like i got some of the ideas because they're a little heavy-handed sometimes but um yeah if you go back and like look at like the the ideas you came up with behind all this it's very smart very smart yeah i I think so too um i also have to say this is really interesting to me like when they were designing the rpg part of the game platinum games actually said they were directly inspired by the witcher 3 and they wanted to replicate that in their rpg and quest design um, and then they said they they were worried they would like they they had some internal arguments about that because they like some people were like we're never going to be able to be The Witcher don't try. God, how old is The Witcher? The Witcher came out in 2015, and oh. yeah, this started oh. uh, development in 2015. So okay, yeah, I feel old. <laughs> yeah, it's that's yeah that game's six years old now. It's wild. Mm. Um, it's a wild hunt. <laughs> Just see that The Witcher mobile game is actually out in beta now. As is it? Yeah, apparently it's like now it's just just coming out in beta. It's that fucking Monster Hunter one. It's like Pokemon Go, but like it's the Witcher and you have to kill the monsters instead of catch them. Yeah, it's like uh, the Harry Potter one, kind of. Yeah, dude, I downloaded that Harry Potter one, and then in the first thirty seconds, it was like throw this net onto Hagrid and capture him. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What the fuck are you talking Hagrid about? Hagrid ran away. We gotta like yeah, we gotta get him. I was like, I uninstalled that quite quickly. Um, okay. So they actually said so for the for the RPG parts, like I said, they were inspired by The Witcher Three. They said that the side-scrolling stuff was inspired by Castlevania. Um, and Tora, who was one of the main producers, he said that was that was his favorite game series, Castlevania. So he was trying to replicate some of that feeling for the the two D parts. I don't know, Matt, have you gotten that impression from it? I not really. I I I, I really was playing the game to just like blitz through it kind of that's why i kind of mm-hmm. got it done so quick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i'll probably like understand the deeper concept especially when you guys talk about uh yeah so can we just have to be this for splash so matt there's a talk about it no like, there's so uh, there's there's like a big revelation at like the very beginning of playthrough b um that like kind of changes the perspective of like what the whole story is about yeah you well you talked um i think you play as 9S, right? You do play and, as um, 9S, yeah. But, like, so the 
Do you, uh, I mean, like, you're going to get to it pretty soon anyway. Do you mind if I if I say what that is? Like, well, what can I give you my guess? Okay, sure. Oh, yeah. Here, so, uh, spoiler for the end of part A. <laughs> when, like, um, 9S dot, well, he kind of dies. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, choking him out, and she's, like, not again or something like that. Yeah. My theory is, like, his consciousness gets uploaded to the past or some time thing. Is that, was that close? In a way. Um, I don't, it doesn't get uploaded to a time thing, but, I mean, no, yeah, like, there is a, yeah, there is a thing about uploading consciousness, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. so the big, the big revelation is that, um, humans have been extinct for, like, a hundred years. Like, humanity died out a long, long time ago. Okay. So, any, anyone that you're seeing, all the things, all the people that you're talking to that are people are androids. Okay, so, like, I kinda thought they were doing that with, um, the first time you see Adam, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like, a machine, but he's, like, bleeding and everything, like, normally. Yeah, yeah. And then they showed it when you're rescuing 9S from that whole white city. Uh, right. He's bleeding, too, and I'm like, oh, wait, it's, it's, I thought it was going to be, like, fucking Futurama with the oil. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, maybe this is, like, something. Yeah, and so, like, the the idea here is that, like, your characters sort of realize that, like, they're fighting ostensibly for humanity. Like, they're fighting against humanity's extinction, but they lost this war hundreds of years ago, basically. And... Yeah. It's like the question of uh, that Nier Automata poses is that like, can life continue like without humanity and like what 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 do you even have to do to be considered human like why why are you telling me that Nine S and Two B are not human what about them isn't human enough for you Yeah, especially when uh like she's cry- like at the end she's crying yeah, they show right. real big emotion mm-hmm. um I think you talked about how it Nine S his gameplay is very focused around hacking yeah yeah like you could. I kind of got the feeling as the story progressed that 9S kind of became more human in a way. Um, I don't know if that's just because he saw it is. how uh, the yeah. robots kind of are. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. That's that's exactly okay. what happened. Um, and like when you so one really fascinating thing about this, like in in the playthrough B, is that when you're hacking these characters, especially like the bosses or like significant characters, when you're fighting them. Yeah. Like, you see glimpses into their past and, like, who made them, like, how they became what they are. And, like, especially, like, so, Justin, do you remember, like, the, the opera singer fight? Like, when you, yes. like, are hacking her and stuff? Like, seeing her story? I think like the best one. Yeah. Dude, that, like, I, I fucking was on the verge of, like, tears by the end of that. Like, when you're, like, seeing, like, how she got to where she is. Like, the the concept of seeing that and then, like, thinking at the end, like, that was just a robot is kind of, like, the challenging part of this is, like, what why why do you like what is the what is the meaningful difference between these robots and like us as humans like humanity yeah. per, humanity persists beyond humans is like the idea yeah like uh all when they have all these like personal motivations ambitions uh personality traits yeah all these things that could potentially make them human what is the difference between yeah yeah them and human i guess yeah so uh i, was, I do want to ask you about how have you been enjoying the the music the music is really good so, so sometimes when I can hear it, uh, that's because like sometimes when I'm streaming off and like Ryan or you are watching, oh fair, and we're just talking, <laughs> I can't hear it. So I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'm just playing through the game. So it's the well, the time I'm playing by myself, it's really good. Yeah, um, they won they won a bunch of awards for both of these games for the music. Like I'll, I'll also go and tell you like the music in the original Nier is like just as good. Um, oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, the same guy did the music for both. Like, he was one of the freelancers that came along with the project, you know, uh, Keiichi Okabe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he did the composition of the soundtracks, he arranged the orchestras, all that shit, and was, like, the sound director. Um, and, you know, both are, con- like, on pretty much every list of, like, oh, this is, like, the best game music. Like, you'll find these games, pretty much. Um, I would honestly, like, this. this is one of those games where, like, I definitely, like, have just gone and, like, on Spotify and, like, listened to, like, the soundtrack just devoid of the game, you know, for some songs. Um, yeah. I think my favorite one is, like, the This Will Not Continue, which is, like, right from the beginning. Or this Cannot Continue. With the fucking robots chanting and everything. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, that kind of like overlap um, with no, each no. other. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I love that the opera singer, like they it uses this game uses mu- music in like such an interesting way, like the opera singer thing. You know, like I don't know if you were like listening to the music when that was playing, but like her like movements and like what she's doing is like in time with like the music and everything. It's like mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and like you know she's like singing the song, but like and when you're nine S and you're like hacking her, you can like see what the song is about that she's singing while you're fighting her. Oh. Um, so, like, oh, I, I like uh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 Um, so, one interesting thing also I found was that, like, naming their character Jean-Paul Sartre, the, uh, so the, the, apparently the estate of Jean-Paul Sartre would not allow that his name could be used in the game, and so, like, that's why they had to name him Jean-Paul instead of Sartre. <laughs> Which was like, I don't know, is that like weird to anybody else? To get around the uh, licensing, I guess? Yeah, yeah, it's not even that. It's not (laughs) like, I don't know, like, yeah, name copyright. I don't, it's like weird. I don't know why, like, why your estate would like not want you to be used like that. I think that's a cool, cool little homage to you, you know? But I I think, uh, I'm sure they heard like the video game and they're like, oh, I don't want, we're about video games. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Video games, Man, where it's like, are. oh, it's just a game. You think his life was a game or some, I don't know, some bullshit like that. Life but, is a game. It's a philosophy. Yeah, um, yeah so this it's game was, like, fucking wildly successful. It sold uh, 6 million copies worldwide as of now. And it's, uh, which, I mean, like, I know it's not, like, Mario levels, but, like, for a, for a JRPG that's not Final Fantasy, like, that is insane. And that, that's actually more than almost every Final Fantasy anyway. Um, like, uh, so, yeah, it also got a 90 on Metacritic, so super well-received by critics and obviously well-received by fans. Um, yeah. Came out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So, um, just for just to put that in context... Like, the original Nier sold 500,000 copies, 68 score. Uh, this had a 90 score and sold 6 million copies. So, a bit of a jump. <laughs> uh, just just a bit, you know. Yeah, uh, got a lot of awards. Like, uh, got Best Music from the Game Awards. It was actually won Game of the Year at the Japanese Game Awards and was uh, Best RPG at the DICE Awards. So, got some good recognition. Um, I think, uh, I, I like... I- so I was ragging on the game a lot. I guess that's why Justin <laughs> bought it for me. <laughs> I was like, this game can't be that great. And I, I still think it's not like anything. Like, no offense to you. Like, I just personally, as like a gamer, like I don't like. As a gamer, uh, RPG. I, I love my polished games, and I can definitely appreciate what Nier has done. Um, but I wouldn't give it like my top. I think it's like a solid eight. Like, Hold on. <laughs> okay. 
this when I first played, first of all, I don't think anyone ever plays this game without having someone like push them into it. Yeah, I agree. From, yeah, but um, I I did not you like it. The whole, yeah, I did basically. <laughs> I was like, here it is. If you don't play it, you'll feel bad. Um, and I was like, yeah, I would because he bought it for me. So I just yes. played. Gifted. Um, no, but the first time I played it, I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's a it's a hack and slash. There's some, like, 2D gameplay. I like the whole, like, bullet hell stuff. Yeah. And then my friend was like, yo. He's like, have you, have you beat Part A? Part A? And I was like, what do you mean Part A? And I finally beat it. And he was like, I go, okay, I'm, I think I'm done with it. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, there's a whole, <laughs> keep playing. Keep playing the whole, the whole game. So you just finished the part where when I finished, I was like, yeah, it's good, but I appreciate it. But it's, it's not for me. I don't want to just keep playing. Because I didn't know what was ahead. So I, I would say uh, hold off judgment until you've completed it properly, I guess. I feel like you prescribed me to a cult or something. Like, uh, it, just I mean, it'll like, get better, trust me. It's kind of like that, <laughs> sure. But like, it does get better, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it does. I did hear about this game. Um, and like, and like, was somebody coaching you? Like, what, how did this happen? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember now because I played this such a long time ago. Um, this was... I got this on... Wait, oh, actually, you know what? I got this in... I think I actually bought this in 2017, I want to say. Um, not, like, right when it came out. But I actually, like, I think I remember somebody... Yeah, no, a friend did tell me about it and told me that I needed to play it. And, like, I I didn't even know this was a sequel, like, when I got it. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of this series. Yeah, like... About it. Yeah, which, I mean, that makes sense looking back on where it came from. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. fair enough. No, yeah, so, like, uh, a friend that uh, had, like played it and was like yo near like you you would really like this like it's really good like there's and there's like he's like yeah just you know make sure you keep playing after like ending a like the there's more and i was like all right I, I, for me that was like kind of just like i just somebody initially pushed me into it and was like mm-hmm. you know by the end of a i was like oh, okay like let me let me see what else is going on here that was fine i guess and then like i remember being on oh you know what i did Cause I, I was like at the end of ending A, I was like, all right, that was like fine, I guess. I don't know what the hubbub's about. And like I went on um, Reddit and like asked about it, and people were like, bro, bro, just keep going, bro. Yeah, you know, <laughs> bro. It's um, weird too. That's one of my criticisms of the game. It's one of my very few. Yeah, it's like I agree. If I didn't have somebody tell me to play. I would have stopped at A, and then uh, Part B, Matt. By the way, and anyone listening, if you're gonna think about playing Part B, is. Uh, a lot of it, basically A again, um, but, but I from mean, the perspective of Night S, yeah, you're changing perspectives. But it's, I mean, they're together most of the game, right? Right, yeah. So, so it's it's mostly the same, and like I, I would agree that's one of my few complaints. If like, I think if I had been like in the design room for this, like I would have said to like make both of if you were gonna go that route to make both of the like A and B shorter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, so I I can see that's a valid uh, complaint. And like, I I think I also just got really lost in that world, though. So I ended up like blasting through it. Um, Like, I I think I played this whole game in like a week because I was like really, really into it. Yeah, this is just one of those that like really caught my imagination. Also, I'm like a real I'm like a huge sucker for like nature has retaken civilization aesthetic. (laughs) It's like my favorite aesthetic. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, like Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn, like, both are, like, kind of did that, you know, better. And, like, like we wow. talked about, like, this game has, like, a low budget, and you can kind of see that in the environment work and stuff. Yeah, the enemies kind of feel like... Like, I talked about this earlier, where, mm-hmm. um, when I first picked up the game, the color palette seemed really bland. Like, it's very... 
Like the desert, the city, they both seem very... Yeah. Like, even and the... It's very dre- dreary, I guess? I think it's like kind of bleak, I guess I would say. Like, yeah. And I think it's supposed to be, and like, but that also is something that's off-putting. Like, okay, I'll also say you can, you can make a world that like... Like, uh, I mean, whatever other issues I have with it, like, The Last of Us 2, like, was perfect in that, like, the art direction, like, absolutely communicated, like, the bleak destruction of humanity, but, like, was still gorgeous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, But it, like, made you feel sad just to look, you know? Yeah. Um, this game is beautiful, too. It's parts, like, when you go yeah. to the, um, the, was it the fair? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, I love the amusement park. park. And, like, amusement park, thank you, yeah. Yeah, the I love that like the switching the color palettes to like the like you know purples and pinks and yellows. It's a really cool. Fireworks going off and balloons and stuff. Very yeah, cute. I wish they'd yeah, put. This one makes it so memorable to me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a couple of times it forces perspective, uh, which I I'm personally not the biggest fan of, but some places I appreciate it. Like mm-hmm. when you beat the amusement park and you're traveling from the amusement park to Pascal's village. Mm-hmm. I think like that's still. Or not, it's not really still, but like the backdrop of the amusement park and the fireworks going off is really, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that probably with like some more money, like this could have been a lot nicer looking. And I think that's probably what we're like with the new near replicant, like, you know, remaster. Like, that's kind of like what it looks like. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think it looks really good, but like you can kind of see like. Man, like that, that is a PS3 ass looking game. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, we'll get to that though. Um, it doesn't really age. Well, yeah. I guess. So well, I do. I'm oh, sorry? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I still think it's a really good game just because I, I try not to let art focus too many. It's more like uh, if the art's whatever, I kind of think it's whatever, but if it's yeah. good, I think it elevates the game. Yeah. Like a whole yeah. New level. I think the problem is it's not very stylistic, so I think it will age pretty badly. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think this. I think this game is probably going to need a remaster in like five years as well, um, which I'm sure it will get. You know, um, I, I can totally see that. So I also wanted to tell. I did not know this either until today. Um, there was actually a musical stage play in Japan for Near Automata. Really? Yeah. In during the early development of the game, but like it was called something else, and like nobody knew it was about Near. Well, what was it called? <laughs> I, Did they use the same I, music? I don't understand. No, it was it was just like a musical play, uh, like a, it was like a stage play, like a musical, but it was like following the story of this game. But it was before the game had been made, and I think they oh. like kind of disguised it. <laughs> but like, That's so weird. It's yeah, I mean, but like, I guess that kind of fits in with what we're doing. Is it on YouTube or something? Um, actually, I, let me let me look here quickly. I I didn't get time to look. I'm just. Like take a glance. Yeah, just take a glance at how that. Did. It can't. It can't be good. Oh, it was just. <laughs> That's it was, my first impression. It was just called Yorha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it takes. It tells the story. Uh, oh, it's a prequel to Near Automata. It says it tells the story of the Pearl Harbor descent mission during the Fourteenth Machine War. Uh, huh. Okay. I, I want to see how it did. Like, did people like it? <laughs> I can't find I'm sure it. it was fine, but I don't. Probably not a... Yeah. Uh, let me see. It says they're now on uh, Amazon. Uh, you can watch them on Amazon Prime. Okay. Well, hmm. For the hardcore fans. I it was called... <laughs> Sorry, it says the Nier Automata prequel stage play and musical, Yorha Boys. <laughs> and <laughs> Yorha Musical. Uh, I would love to be part of the Yorha Boys. Yeah, would you pay Would you pay to see, like... Uh, you know how YouTubers are a thing now, apparently, right? Would you pay to watch, like, 2B, 9S... A two like in a boy band. Yes. 
<laughs> hey? Sure. Yes. Well, um, I, mean, I guess I'll pay. I pirate it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, like, th so this game was like an explosive success, like I said, and these characters and things found their way into other games. So, like, um, I don't think either of y'all have played Final Fantasy XIV. I haven't either, but uh, you know, it's like the MMO oh, one. Right. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I saw what they did. Yeah. So there's actually a full uh, set of near automata like raids and like characters and stuff. Like Tubi and 9S appear in the game as well, and like. Um, you can get, like, items from the game, like, I think Pascal shows up at one point, but, like, basically there's, like, there was actually a new raid last week to celebrate, like, the release of Near Replicant, um, in that same, like, you know, themed around it. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I'm not sure what those consist of totally, but I, I've heard that they're really fun. Uh, 2B also is a playable character in Soul Calibur Six. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. costumes of 2B have found their way into, like, a ton of other games, like Fantasy Star Online 2 and, like, uh, Gravity Rush 2. Um, I can see that. Yeah. And then, uh, so, actually, this is kind of fun. Near Replicant, uh, ver I'm just going to call it Near Replicant version 1.22, because um, there's way too many numbers there. Um, forgive you. Uh, it also has cool costumes, so, like, um, a, the pre-order bonus for this game was that if you, uh, was that you can, like, put, um... Uh, nine like 9s's outfit you can put on near and kaina who's the girl can wear either 2b or a2's outfit which is kind of cool so i uh okay. I tr yeah i tried that out and was like okay this is kind of cool and like i ran around for a little bit now then i was like uh you know like this feels like it's like infringing on the spirit of the game <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah i was like these characters aren't in this game like i'm a I, I, and i put them back to their normal costumes but that was kind of cool they had that i think it's cool like little yeah, thing, um, like for the people who appreciate, uh, I guess like to be in that whole cast more. I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, which I think is really cool. I mean, like I've seen a lot of people also kind of like arguing like to be would be really cool in Smash Bros. Like I think that could be cool. Um, Not another sword character, man. But like, yeah, that that was a <laughs> but like, yeah, like I mean, like it could be cool if you like utilize the pod a little bit more. Like that could be kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But, like, it would still end up just being another anime sword fighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can, I can see, like, Pod being a cis trophy or something. Dude, yeah, just get Pod in there somehow. Love that guy. Um, <sighs> I love, I don't know, Justin, do you remember, like, the very end of that game, like, the last cutscene between the two Pods? Uh, yeah. Like, one of them's like, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the writing of this game is really, it, it, sometimes it just hits you. It's, like, really funny or it could be, like, really emotional. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Some side person just having a conversation to themselves. Dude, oh, my, wait. Five. Wait, Justin, is it the beginning of Playthrough B where you have the robot, like, trying to, like, get its brother? Like, the bucket thing? I, I think I think so. Yeah. Dude, that part fucking trashed me. Like, I had to just put down the game. I was like, I'm fucking dead. Like, I want to die. <laughs> was it because you tripped so many times? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, just because, like, I was like, I can't make it. Um... <laughs> The, um, so yeah, ne okay, so, uh, just came out last week, uh, Near Replicant version 1.22. This is a remaster of the original Near, um, featuring, so the game features the younger protagonist, so it is like a remaster of Near Replicant, but the character models have been totally rebuilt, and the combat has been totally done from the ground up. So, they actually, uh, freelance, uh, contracted Platinum Games' uh, combat director, who did the, you know, directed the combat on Nier Automata to come work with Square Enix on this game. Um, so, the, I actually was curious, like, a lot of people are like, why is Platinum not doing this one, um, or, like, another one? And, 
Um, Platinum has declined. They said that they were offered the chance to work on uh, near uh, on on this game, but they don't want to work on. They they like don't own the IP. Like Square Enix owns the IP, and they wanted to focus on their own IPs. Um, which I get. Like yeah, so I was about to say like. Platinum's currently working on Project GG, which is a still-to-be-revealed superhero game, as well as Bayonetta 3 for Nintendo, and then Babylon's Fall for Square Enix. So they're already developing two games that are owned by other people, um, and then their own one game. So, eh, I don't know. Yeah, also, they they actually just opened a second studio, so, um, like, last year. So, that's probably why. Um, Yeah, they're, they're kind of... It's funny because, like, Platinum, like, has been, like, good at, like, making their public image, like, oh, fuck, we're, like, the kings of action. Like, they've had, like, a bunch of hits in a row now. Like, of course, Nier Automata, Bayonetta 1 and 2 were both huge. And then um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance was really good. And then uh, Astral Chain was also, like, really well-reviewed. But, like, everyone is kind of, including me, has, like, forgotten that, like, for 10 years, like, every single one of their games was shit, pretty much. Like, from 2000 to, like, 2010, basically, until Bayonetta 1 came out. Like kind of all their games were garbage, um, but they've—I guess they've done a good job rebranding as like we can—we're good at video games now. I guess I didn't know about that. Yeah, dude, they made like a shitty. So they've made a shitty Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. They made a shitty Legend of Korra game, and they made a shitty Transformers oh, game. I like that game. <laughs> I played that. It's okay. Oh, Korra. <laughs> Only because it's skinned in Korra. Yeah, you like know? I heard like, that. It's not like a good game, but it's fine. Yeah, I've heard that like that game like could have been good, but like you can, but like there aren't any other characters except Korra in the game. Yes, but yeah. you can't play like Bolin. It's not even that you can't play Bolin. He's like not even in the game anywhere. Oh, yeah, you're just like doing your own thing, and it, it's, um, yeah, you get to re- the only character that shows up in my memory is your polar dog. Oh yeah, Naga. Naga, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, there's yeah. like a, a level where you ride Naga, but but people are just like shooting things at you on like a, a third by third by third track, and mm-hmm. all you gotta do is like move out of the way or jump over stuff. It's it's not good, but yeah, <laughs> they've, they've come a long way. I didn't realize they made that. Yeah, um, that's smart though that they're uh, they're having them work. You say they were uh, working on this game a little bit. Like, um, yeah, so exactly? yeah, on so just just one person, but basically, uh, they're what's his name, Isao or something. The the is combat the director, di- the combat director from Platinum Games uh, mm-hmm. specifically, like he was uh, like freelance contracted to work with uh, this this studio that did the remaster is called Toy Logic. So like Toy Logic like contracted him like as a freelancer t- to come from Platinum Games to work on Replicant, like the remaster to do the combat. Okay. So. Like, he, he was basically there just supervising, you know, like, directing the the actual programmers and stuff. But, yeah, so the the combat in the remaster is, like, very similar to Automata. Um, it's not exactly the same. And also, like, it's weird because I guess, like, Nier Automata is, like, the most sci-fi thing I think I could, like, imagine, right? It's, like, extremely sci-fi, but, like, Nier, like, Replicant is, like, extremely fantasy-oriented. Like, there aren't, like, robots or anything, and it's, like, in a Final Fantasy-ass kind of world. <laughs> And, yeah. like, everyone's, like, using magic and stuff. And so, like, even your character, like, doesn't have, like, machine stuff. Like, your character is, uh, uh, like, has a, a companion, a magic book called Grimoire Vice, who would, like, like the pod, like, flies around with you and is your companion. But he's, he's like, much more of a character, and he talks with Nier, like, really frequently. And I, I've mentioned he's, like, he, like, he talks like this. These young whippersnappers are always getting into trouble. 
Nigel Thornberry. Yeah, that's mm, smashing. And like the, uh, I, I don't know. I really like the character Grimoire Vice. He's pretty funny. Um, but he, he makes a good companion. And like, I think it gives the story a lot more like character, especially like, I don't know, like having a, a game like where there's like large empty, like an open world game where there's like large empty areas, like just having the characters like be able to talk to each other is really important, I think. You know what I mean? Like, even in, like, Automata, like, there's, like, large empty portions of this map where you're just kind of running across, and, like, the conversation between, like, 2B and 9S about what they're doing kind of, like, is supposed to hold your interest, you know, while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know it's a couple of those, but I feel like... I, I don't want to say they throw away, almost, but I, I'd like it if it was explored more. Maybe it's different in the different playthroughs, but, like... Yeah, like, th- things change really dramatically after playthrough B, like, extremely dramatically, <laughs> um, yeah. which I won't, like, uh, spoil here, but, like, um, oh, this uh, this remaster of Near Replicant also has an extra post-game mode called 15 Nightmares, which I have not, you know, gotten to yet, but hmm. it is, uh, it's supposedly, like, cut content from the first game that they've kind of turned into new, th- uh, new content, and you get to play as, uh, like, the older Near, like, from Gestalt. So this it takes place like like you know fifteen years in the future basically and um, I'm not sure what it is but I mean that that is some added content they put in the remaster at least so um, yep. I'm curious what that is um, and then so this is another small thing that I think a lot of people probably don't know about that there is a mobile game called Near uh, Reincarnation um, which is only out in Japan right now but it is coming to the West and it's a full like you know, it, it's a it's a straightforward full like thirty hour like RPG also. Wow, on on a phone? but it's only mobile, yeah. And it's actually uh, there's no like loot boxes or like check in bonuses or anything. You know, it's like it's literally just like a console game, but it's on your phone. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's apparently really good. Like it's gotten extremely good reviews in Japan. They said everyone's like yeah, the combat like feels really good and shit. Like it's literally just another entry in the series, but. Um, it is kind of strange that they, they went straight for, like, just to put it on mobile. Um, but, you know, like, we, we, we downplay mobile here a lot in, in the West, and especially in the United States, but, like... Big in the East, man. Dude, in, yeah, in Japan and China and shit, like, you have no idea, man, how big, how big mobile is. Um, cause, like, most people just, and, I mean, I, I understand to a degree, because, like, a lot of people over there just don't have money for a console. Which is, like, I get, you know? Um... But, like, that's why, like, Genshin Impact was, like, such a big deal. Like, putting, like, a console kind of game, like, on, like, made for phones, you know? Yeah. Uh, with, like, yeah, crossplay and stuff with consoles. I, I, I think Genshin also has that um, thing that I found out, like, it's big in, like, um, Asia. Where mm-hmm. it's, like, a gacha game. And gacha games are apparently, like... Yeah, like, they the love main, that shit. Main games. You know? Yeah, it's... a game. Hmm? It's like, uh... Um... Fire Emblem Heroes. A, a gotcha uh, is basically anything where it, it's. I think it, it merely just means loot boxes. Honestly, basically, it's something where there is a there is a real money component to it, and you can buy something and you're not sure what you're going to get. Okay. And, the whole, and the whole point of it is to re-roll your like favorite your waifu basically from an anime or a game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, like in- uh, Fate is a big one, I guess. So like, like a Fate series. Yeah, and and it's often like extremely predatory is like the issue because like 
okay, there's th- a great example is like Fire Emblem um, uh, Heroes, like the mobile game, because like that's a gotcha game. And so what you're you're trying to get your Fire Emblem waifus, right? You're like, oh, I got to get this waifu from this game, right? And um, the thing is that like when you buy, you, like you can buy like orbs or something, all right? And so yeah, orbs. Yeah. yeah, and then you have to put five orbs together, and you get a gotcha pull. Like they call it pulls, you know, when you try oh, to yeah. when you try to get a character. Um, the problem is like the way that they have the game is that like buying, you can only buy orbs in like packs of four. So like you buy a pack of four orbs and then you have to buy a second pack, right? To get five. And then you got three more. So you're like, guess I got to get another pack to buy two more, right? To open another character, etc. So stuff like that is like really common in gotcha games. Like I think Genshin Impact is like the same way. And it's not like, uh, for example, Justin, if there's like a pop, I don't know, let's just say there's a near gotcha game there's not enough characters to make it but right <laughs> if this is a near gotcha game like uh to pull 2b would be like a oh my god that'd be five percent chance yeah point so oh, like, point oh five percent grabber. maybe yeah you're such like, gambling for your you know your waifu mm-hmm. the commander of the camp you'd get often or something yeah yeah or jackass maybe and like <laughs> jackass. You those really yeah and the point five percent ones are like super strong because like you're supposed to fight them with other people i guess uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this 0.5% one is like really strong. It I have to either get really lucky or just spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, you can upgrade them further. If you roll them twice, you could upgrade them just to get 5% stronger. And it's like... It sounds it, like the purpose is to spend money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, not, you know, not the best. Yeah, you know, I'm ragging out a bit, but like I played it for a bit. It was fun. At the time, I yeah, I put like six or seven hours into it, dude. I actually, it's hilarious because like, I actually pulled in in Genshin Impact. Like, I I actually pulled like one of the like point oh five percent chance characters, like my third like box or whatever that I got like just by playing in the game. It was like the Luke or something. And it was the one of the it was the Water Girl, one of them. What's her Mona? face? Is it Mona? It might not have been Mona. She's she, like the one with the hat. Maybe, uh, dude. That was so fucking long ago. Who remembers? Yeah. I was trying um, to think of the rare ones. So it was about. yeah, I think it might have been Mona. I don't know. She was a rare one though. Um, and then like when I got it, I was like, oh man, I got one of the rarest ones already. And then I like lost my motivation to keep playing. And I uninstalled <laughs> it. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So a lot of money. I think. I think so. Um. <laughs> I spent two hundred bucks on Genshin. No. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> fuck you didn't. Gamer confessions, dude. Yeah, I did. I spent like. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Well, I played it for like two months. <laughs> I s- when I when Wait. Overwatch like first came out like that first Christmas I spent like two hundred dollars on loot boxes. Yeah. Holy! Sh- well, I guess the same. As- I I wasn't fishing for waifus, but I mean, in well, a way, I was neither, wasn't I? I was like fishing for a husbando because like he was actually the strongest <laughs> guy in the game. So I was like, I gotta get this guy, make make it easy for myself. And then it was easy for myself, and I was, I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. Jesus. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so, yeah, I don't know. Justin, do you want to throw out anything else about, like, the themes and stuff of this game? Because we probably got to wrap up soon. Man, I, it, I want to talk about the ending. Um, Matt, close your... Okay, how about, how, about, how, about, okay. how about we do, like, a little spoiler, spoiler two segment? Two minutes. Yeah. I'll put, like I'll, two put minutes. A, I'll put a spoiler tag in the, in the time. Okay. The time we'll stamps. Like, we'll keep it really quick. Matt, if you want to, like, deafen us for two oh, minutes. I, I've said this at the start. I don't care if you guys talk about spoilers. Uh, no. I don't want to ruin it, though, for you. For me? Yeah. yeah. I want to be ruined. Ruin me. That I don't want you to like do see, hear that and be like, ah, oh, okay, and then not play it is the thing. Uh, oh, okay. 
if if I set my mind to complete a game, I'll fucking complete that game. And I want to complete Nier. Okay. Beat Cuphead already. Called out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ready beat ending B. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> While we were talking. <laughs> like 30 minutes. No. Right. Well, I think, let's just talk about it really okay, quick. Okay, sure. Because I, I, the ending to me, I think, is kind of what set the game apart from, from anything else I've played. Like yeah. at that point, it, it it stopped being a video game and it kind of became art, I guess. Yeah, like, I know. I, I I know. It's like art. It's it sounds like really like uh, pretentious, pretentious, <laughs> but it's like absolutely yeah. true. Like that's I feel like that way about like Death Stranding too. Um, like, yeah, I, I agree with you because okay, so the idea is that ending ending E like after you've done like all of the shit and like everyone's dead and gone <laughs> is that. Um, you're you're a little spaceship and you basically what happens at the end is that you upload the last little bit of 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 consciousness into this little rocket and before the world is destroyed you launch it off into space with the the brief glimmer of hope that like it will survive and that like life and like humanity through the idea of just consciousness being uploaded into this little rocket like will continue on past the destruction of the earth because like the end, the end of ending, like, C and D is that, like, the world is destroyed and, like, you know, androids are gone, humanity's gone, except for this tiny little rocket. And you then, then the rocket flies into space and you, from a top-down view, uh, become the rocket and you have to fight the credits of the game in this mm. little shooter. And... This, this little rocket is trying to make its way across, across space and time to somewhere safe, basically, to continue the very existence of, of life. You know, the concept of life is what's at stake. And your, your little rocket guy that you're, it, it is, it is legitimately like made to be impossible to beat. Like the credits are attacking you and like all of the, you know, the names of all the people who worked on the game are attacking you, basically. Um, and it's this like harrowing experience and the music that plays like that fucking song like is so amazing um it's called weight of the world um it's a it's an amazing beautiful song i i still like i love that song um but and then and then from there it kind of goes on uh i th- i think you like keep you end up you can't do it by yourself you can't think. you can't no it's 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 okay. actually impossible for you to do it by yourself and and so It'll start asking you some like uh, yes or no questions. It'll be like, uh, are games meaningless? Um, well, what are some other ones? It's like, like yeah, like is, do you, is life futile or something? Yeah, like is it futile? Like if if you don't end, like if you don't get anything, like sh- like you know, can you can you truly be altruistic? Can you care for somebody without them caring for you? You know, these like philosophical questions that are being posed to you, and like you have to keep answering them like while you're fighting, you know, and uh, eventually like other ships will come out to help you, and like. With these other ships coming out, like, and they all have names, they all have usernames on them from other real people, and all of them, like, you know, working together with you, all of these, these ships, uh, are, you, you kind of, like, you know, work together, and together only you can, you can win, you know, and at the end, like, you, you escape with your little rocket, and the game asks you, like, okay, you're, you know, like, you would not have made it out without help from other people, they have given to you without anything being expected in return. Like you will never be able to repay them for what they've done for you. But what you can do is pay it forward. And it offers you that if you delete your save data, like everything that you've done and you make the last 30 hours of your life meaningless, basically like you, you, you just, you take the meaning from what you've done here. You delete everything. Then we will send your ship out to help somebody else in need and it will help them survive. 
And then you, you can choose to do that. Like you, you delete everything that you've done and everything you've worked for. And your ship goes off out into the sunset to help save somebody else. And that's the end of the story. It, it was really cool. I was watching this guy's YouTube channel. He was explaining like the philosophy and stuff. Yeah. Um, his name's Michael Saba or Sabah or something. Mm-hmm. But he was, he was talking about um, something called Samsara. It's like an Eastern philosophy thing. Uh-huh. It's about, uh, oh. it's, a, it's about like breaking the cycle. Um, yeah. And, and like giving up possessions and things that like anchor you to the physical world. Mm-hmm. So you can like achieve enlightenment. And like, then you go back and you look at like the first line of the game and, and it's a uh, 2B talking about like, um, about the cycle that she's in because, you know, she's having to do what she's doing um, yeah. with 9S. And I don't know, she's talking about like killing, killing God and like breaking the, the cycle. And then, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, the the idea is that, like, there, there's, like, this endless cycle of, like, life and, and rebirth and death. And, like, the the only good thing that you can... Like, we're all going to die. Everything is going to end. And the only way to make meaning of your life is to give to, to others, basically. Like, to sacrifice and to, to suffer for others. Like, yeah, I saw is what com- gives meaning made, to us. Mm-hmm. Sorry, someone made a comment. They were like... Uh, life struggle and search for meaning is the closest thing to universal truth, which is like kind of what you're looking for in a game for like yeah. something that'll make you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like that, that's the uh, idea at the end is like these androids like understand this concept at the end. Like, and so the pods are like talking to each other and they like, they understand this concept of like, this is the cycle that all life and all death is. Like, but what we can do is to just give and like that. I mean, that's it. That's what makes us human is like the ability to, to give without taking. So Nirav. Yes. With, with that said, what did you make the decision? Yeah, of to course, of course I did. Are you kidding? I don't know anyone that didn't. I have not. I've talked to a lot of people, but I've not talked to a single person who didn't do that. The, the guy I'm going to call him out, the guy that got me onto this game. I, I was like, Oh man. Yeah. I just, I just deleted my save file. Is this for real? And he was like, why did you delete it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and looking back now, I'm like, are you a monster? Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. It's like you missed the entire point of the game, you know? <laughs> Yeah, for real. He was like, "No, I gotta have my waifu." Jesus <laughs> okay. Christ! Wai- so. Waifus over philosophy for sure. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Spot. Like, yeah, Matt. I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know if that has made you want to want to continue the game. I hope it does. Um, but I, it it just makes me want a hundred percent before we get to that point. So I'm not like, ah, shit, I forgot a side quest. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. But it it does tell yeah. you when you hit the point of no return. Like it says, like, oh, hey, okay. you got you got to do your side quests and shit now. That's oh, why yeah. I haven't replayed it because I was like, I don't think you're you supposed to, to replay it. It's really so? not. No, I, I don't think you, it's... you do kind of replay it from. AP, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that they want you to come back to this and be like, I'm going to hundred percent it or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like the entire point is that, like, you know, all your. I don't know. Like, it, it, games and movies have two different things going on because, like, at the end of a movie, if you find out that, like if the point of the movie is like everything you did was meaningless or everything that happened had no point or like it was just a dream or whatever the fuck you know it's like okay well that sucked but that was like two hours of my life gone whatever and like you you are physically the one doing it in a video game you know and it's like um and then okay here's some i, I don't know like uh, this is i guess who cares anymore so far cry 5 <laughs> had the same kind of concept in a way of like everything you've done was meaningless, but like that was like the end of another 35 hour game. And the way that they presented that at the end was like, ha, everything that you did for the last 35 hours was meaningless and pointless. And it was always going to end with you losing. So fuck you. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) 
And like, I was like, I don't like that. That was bad. (laughs) And like, this game is very different because it's like, no, everything you did has meaning because you're willing to give it up. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, anyway, let's end, end spoilers. Spoilers. Great game. Um, great ending. So yeah, um, make sure you do all this shit before, before that. Um, thanks for the warning. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's what I said. Like, I mean, the game will tell you, like, if you want to, like, 100%, like, do your shit. But, um, okay, we gotta, oh, we gotta finish with, are there enough ghosts? <sighs> no. Are there any ghosts? I don't. There's a lot of demons in the first like one. thing that rolled around? It kind of looks like a demon ghost. That's, e- that's ML. He's one of the characters in the first game. Oh, yeah. He, he has, like, one of the best lines in that game, uh. Oh, what does he say? Like, 2B and 9S find him. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, hi, everyone. And then I think 9S goes, that thing's weird. We should kill it. And he goes, ah, just runs away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we saw that I yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the in the shopping mall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, that's so funny. Uh, I, I love it so much. All right. Um, so we're going to do a quick, <laughs> quick, uh, quick last segment here. This is a Good Games Inc. Jr. So what this is going to be is basically we're creating the next game in this series, okay? And we're going to get a title from a random name generator. We're going to have to figure out what this game is, all right? So this is going to be near, colon, and then whatever title comes up, okay? It's near, colon. <laughs> Jesus. Please don't. <laughs> um, okay, this is near Major Tetris Planet. <sighs> okay, so this is a... I mean, that's not... This is a. This is an easy crossover between Tetris and the near franchise, right? Yeah, I mean, that's all the money in the bank. It's like all the robots are just like Tetris blocks, I guess. Is this like an open world game though? But like you're doing Tetris, <laughs> like with robots. It's Tetris ninety nine, but you have to help people finish their blocks now. Yeah. Oh, no. you just the object is to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Major Tetris. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let me, let's try a different one. How about? Uh, let's see. Could generate near fiery battleship core. I'm into it. I, I think that's just like the regular game. Yeah, that's probably that's actually already <laughs> happened. Fiery battleship. Reminds me of the first boss. Uh, the si- wow, this is an interesting crossover. Um, this is near the Simpsons Wizard versus Capcom. Dude, this would be like uh, like you know Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, yeah. This would be like this near version of it, and I guess Simpsons. And this, <laughs> the near versus yeah. the Simpsons versus Capcom. Yeah, it's like the ultimate crossover. It's like <laughs> Avengers, the most ambitious crossover. It's like, well, actually, <laughs> would it be near and the Simpsons characters, or near drawn as Simpsons characters? No, no, it's the it's all three of them. It's those three groups of characters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, terrible. you've got like, like fucking Dynamics. like Mega Man, yeah. yeah, like Homer Simpson and like Two B, like in a fight together. Yeah. I like those Simpsons games. I don't know if you ever played them. The road. I, I know like the Road Rage one. Is that the one you're road thinking Rage of? Is fun, and then they have like a beat em up, like all the arcades. If you ever go to an arcade anymore. But, uh, I mean, it's called like Simpsons Street Rage or something. I don't know. Uh, did you uh, play the uh, mobile game? I forgot what it's called. But, uh, mobile game, dude. like Farmville esque. No offense to anyone who likes mobile games, but it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. I it was called, but I saw it and I was like, uh, this is not really my thing, I guess. All right, here's the last one. This is near miniature Juggalo Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Juggalos would fit in really nicely. I feel like they might fit in really well. I've heard that the Juggalos are like a really like philanthropic people. You know what I mean? Really? 
Yeah, I've heard that they're like the nicest community. They've done like a ton of like charity and stuff. Like, um, like ICP guys are talking. About yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like the fans of of Insane Clown Posse. Like they yeah. apparently have like organized like crazy large humanitarian efforts and stuff like that. Um. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, and they're like really like wholesome. You know, they like are really you know nice people. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know these these people personally, but um, I mean, I'd like to believe it. I think Jackass is maybe people. a juggalo. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's like part of their like ICP disinformation campaign or something. <laughs> you think ICP is a concentrated disinformation that's... campaign? Yes. How dare you slander the juggalos on this podcast, Justin? They're gonna come for game busters. No, I is... hope they do. No, or there's uh, don't please. There's so many of them, and I'm afraid. Gamers rise up against the juggalos. Jesus. Okay. It's like uh, it'll be more better than the Josh fight. <laughs> it'll just be juggles, just gamers. I can't believe I didn't know about that Josh fight till it was already over. Like, come on! Like, I, I, I really would have wanted to like be like betting on different Joshes, you know? <laughs> There's like a betting pool for uh, what's the over under for uh, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the percent chance Josh takes this one home? Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. I think we'll we'll go ahead and close out. Um. So thank you guys for joining us. Um. And uh, Matt, what do you have? Do you have any plugs? What are you working on right now? Uh right now I'm working on finishing near. Um, sh- shout out to uh, Game Busters, Game Busters, all you guys. <laughs> the, you know. the name of the podcast we're on people. right now that we've forgotten about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you if you like um, games, check mm-hmm. out the ggf.io. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, that's great. Thank you for, I mean, like, I can't advertise it because, like, we didn't make any sort of contracting deal for advertisement, but I guess you can. Oh. Sure. Well, I can because I personally like the yeah, sure. wonderful <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah. You already shouted out Subway, so, like, you didn't even care. I, de- I shouted yeah. at Subway. <laughs> not oh, out. I'm not okay. shouted out. We don't look, we, we're, de- we're definitively anti Subway podcast. Yeah. We're more like a Mr. Subs. Oh, I guess you guys don't have it. We there. don't have. Yeah, like, do you do you have Mr. Sub, Justin? Do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. It's like a Canadian uh, subway. Do you oh, guys have way, Do you guys have Canada, Jersey Mike's? Ah, uh, that one's pretty big down here. And then like Firehouse is really big. I don't like Firehouse though, honestly. I think there's one in like London, but it's, it's like super far from. You're losing potential sponsors. You <laughs> <laughs> like everyone. You're right. I love the fresh taste of a Subway sandwich in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love it. having a foot long down my throat. What? Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. Well. Okay, Justin, do you have anything you want to you wanna advertise here? I don't. <laughs> Great. I'm not working on anything. So I'm working on myself. Um, on myself, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, make sure you can find us on Twitter at GameBustersPod. You can find me on Twitter at Gondizi. Um, and... We have, uh, yeah, you know, rate us on iTunes if you happen to be able to access that. That would be super cool. Um, if it's a good rating, please. Five stars. Five stars only. You guys are on Spotify, right? You yeah, said. we're we're on all the platforms to listen to, for sure. But Spotify yeah. doesn't have ratings or reviews, so. Um, yeah. Um, uh, if, if you're like me and like to listen on the go, Spotify is a good way. You could download it. Uh, you know, that's just me. Yeah, our podcast host, Anchor, was actually bought by Spotify a few weeks ago. So, yeah, we love Spotify here. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> because we're contractually obligated to. Uh, thanks for giving me the script, by the way, for uh, that whole spot. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that let's uh, let's close out here. Um, I don't know, Justin, if you want to say something philosophical, sort of like to bring us home. 
Yeah. Uh, if you are ever in Ireland, stay away from the sushi. It can never be good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eat. What do they eat in Ireland? Potatoes? Or oh, I guess man. that. I guess that. that. Did they have? <laughs> wait. Was the potato famine that they had a lot of potatoes, or they didn't have any potatoes? I think they ran out. That's the whole point of famine, right? Right, but I thought the I, point. I, I thought the point potatoes. was like all they had was potatoes. Oh, well, I thought it was like uh, Irish people get at us. Tell us about your yeah. potato situation. Ryan, him. <laughs> at me at at Gondizi on Twitter. Wait. I'll respond to you. <laughs>